Welcome back into another episode of Behind the Bench with Carter Eckel. This is episode 31. I am your host, Carter E. Kind of going to break down what we're looking forward to this summer, kind of some stuff happening in the past uh, on this episode. Next week, we will get to our Dayton and Sierra Lutheran uh, year in review. We are pausing that a week with some uh, vacation stuff here on RN, but don't worry, we are getting there. Plenty to talk about on that side of things, especially between two schools competing in two different levels of uh, high school sports between Class 3A and then Sierra Lutheran is kind of a 1A, 2A split, depending on the sport there. However, for this episode, we're going to, you know, quickly chat about some of the uh, stuff upcoming here, like the American Centuries Championship up in Edgewood here in a couple weeks. Uh, going to talk about the governor's dinner, just a quick, quick kind of glance on that and the uh, guest speaker there. Um, Jeff and I were planning on talking about the Reno Rodeo, but neither of us have been, so maybe that's not a good idea. And then uh, I was going to just briefly touch on the Warriors title as well as uh, a little road trip I did, which I think more people around the area will be way more familiar with this road than than I was, but it was a nice little uh, surprise for me. So anyways, moving into uh, the American Centuries Championship, that is up at Edgewood Tahoe South. That is July 6th through 10th, so a couple weeks away, but they announced... Uh, a lot of the celebrities that'll be there. Uh, for anybody curious, we got Josh Allen, Charles Barkley will be back. Uh, one of my favorite basketball players of all time, Vince Carter, is going to be out there. Uh, this time, Derek Carter, excuse me, Derek Carr will be there. Um, Mr. Headband, Alex Caruso in the NBA is coming out this year. RG3 is going to be there. Uh, these are some some names right here. Travis Kelsey is obviously a, a long time, or I think this will be a second or third time in a row coming with uh, his buddy and quarterback Patrick Mahomes, who will be out here as well. Pat McAfee, the uh, I guess pretty well-renowned uh, podcast host now, uh, former former punter. Uh, Joe Pavelski is back with the Stars, not with the Sharks anymore. Uh, that was my high school. Was watching a lot of the Sharks, and then went to college on in Ohio, so didn't really keep up with uh, hockey games. It's kind of hard to watch West Coast sports when. Uh, they start at 10.30 p.m. local time. But it should be a fun event. I mean, there's a whole host of uh, names on here, especially you got some baseball players. Shane Victorino's coming back. Tim Wakefield will be back. Jason Worth is going to be here. He'll be hard to miss given his hair is down past his shoulders and he's got a, a beard to about here. So it's uh, <laughs> there's, there's definitely a good lineup there. Uh, and, uh, of course, you have returning champion Vinny Del Negro who picked up the win last year at the ACC. Bit of a funky scoring system. I won't go into that today. Too much to kind of explain. It's not your typical uh, golf scoring system. You're not trying to shoot, you know, six under par. You are trying to still shoot low, but um, it is not. Uh, the scoring is is a little flip-flopped there. Uh, for those of you who've never been, I, I think it's worth going up for at least a day. Uh, not necessarily saying you have to make a, a four-day trek out of it, but it is, it is uh, honestly, Edgewood, just a beautiful course. Obviously, Lake Tahoe's hard to beat with that kind of backdrop, but just go sit on a uh, hole 17 and 18. And even if you're not a big golf fan, like my producer, Jeff Mulvihill over here, that is worth just people watching. I really, I, I don't know how much you enjoy that Jeff, but I do. I, I do, think I do like the game. I just can't play it because I oh, neither can I. <laughs> I. I used to play when I was a kid, my, I'd go out with my, my grandpa and my dad and I would do almost as well as they did, but like we, we need to, 
this has to be quicker. I, I can't do this. <laughs> I, my goal is just to break a hundred and try not to lose too many golf balls. That's that's really the goal, especially when you're out playing like at Dayton. It's a tough course and a lot of water, and uh, I'm good at finding the water. So um, I believe I had a an Instagram post at one point and said like much like Barry Bonds, I'm a lefty capable of finding the water, which is a is a reference to the bay out in uh Saw it many San times. Francisco. Yeah, that man was something else. Um before we go any further, I would like to thank today's title sponsor in Double J Auto in Gardnerville. You can find them online at www.doublejautonv. Coming up here in uh late July was announced last week uh the 53rd annual Governor's Dinner at the Governor's Mansion in Carson City. It will be July 21st. Hosted or Main guest speaker is going to be Rebecca Lobo from the uh, USA national team. I mean, all sorts of, I mean, women's basketball star. We'll start there. I mean, 1995 national player of the year at UConn. Really what intrigued me the most about seeing her her name there uh, among the hundreds of reasons why it would be cool to talk to, you know, an Olympic gold medalist is uh, ESPN 30 for 30 actually just came out with a documentary on that 1996 USA women's basketball team that had not won a gold in the previous couple of years. And uh, they rolled to a gold medal after a, a drought there. And it's it's very funny when you look at USA basketball. Nobody cares unless they win a gold medal. And nobody cares when they're playing anybody else. But if they, if they finish with a bronze, people are going to lose their minds. They get a gold, nobody will say anything. It's the expectation. It's it's a funny thing that uh, people care so much when they don't win at all, yet the whole path there, probably not going to hear about it a whole lot. I mean, it depends on who you're listening to but uh, or where you're watching. I think you and I, I, I didn't grow up in the Bay Area, but I spent a long time in the Bay Area. If those teams are not winning, nobody cares. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, look at the Warriors right now. People care now, and... The last few years, they haven't been in the championship and on the verge of winning it. So it's like, eh, what's the big deal? Yeah, and it's it's funny how that carries into the college sports for the Bay Area specifically with so many professional teams that college sports really just get even less draw out there than they would in most other places because of the not only the number of team professional teams in the Bay Area, but if you look at the last 12 years, last decade plus with the amount of success that they've had. I mean, the Giants have won three titles and made the playoffs another time. The Sharks have made the Stanley Cup in 2016. The Warriors just won their fourth title in the last eight years. The A's compete and then blow it up, but we're not really talking about the, the A's. I'm missing somebody. Um, the Niners have played for two Super Bowls in the last decade, I think 2012 and then 2018 or 19. Like, it's... it's. I mean, the Raiders moved, but... Yeah, I mean, the Bay Area sports scene has just been spoiled as far as well, professional sports. Like you mentioned, the, the college sports scene in the Bay Area is insane. I mean, Stanford men and women's soccer have won national championships. Cal's always good. I grew up going to all sorts of Cal, game, Cal football games. They were, I'll never forget this, they were one play away from being number one in the country in 2007, 2008. Nate Longshore threw a pick six. Cal football has not been good since. Well, and, and, and people stop following as soon as yeah. that, that loss, as soon as one loss is there, then ah, we don't, we have better things to do. Yep. Yeah. Especially, yeah. You can't be going seven and five, six and six. You're not going to draw any attention out there. And that has been, unfortunately, the state of, uh, UC Berkeley football the last, uh, 
while. Uh, Stanford football, on the other hand, has done a complete 180 from when I was a kid. Um, my dad is a graduate from the University of Notre Dame, so we would every other year they would play in Palo Alto against Stanford, and Notre Dame just used to beat the just beat them so bad. I remember leaving a game at the end of the third quarter because it was 56 to nothing. Like back when Notre Dame had Brady Quinn and Jeff Samarja and uh, Michael Floyd and some of those just star-studded wide receivers. And obviously Jeff Samarja went on to make a couple hundred mil playing baseball. So go for him. But uh, yeah, those those two teams have, I mean, Notre Dame's still good, but Stanford has really done a 180 in the last 15 years as far as football goes. Um, I'm going to date myself a little bit here, but it's amazing to me the Pac-10 fan base. Uh, it doesn't matter what school you went to. Uh, I grew up, my dad's boss was a, a duck, and he would he went to every game in the in the pouring down rain, <laughs> and, and I would ask ask my dad, "Why, Dad? They're not very good. Why does he go? Because he's a fan. You don't get that in the Bay Area." Yeah, and you are dating yourself because it's been the Pac-12 for a minute. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you know, when you grow up in Southern Oregon, it's Pac-10. It's yeah, the Pac-10 oh, it's, it, it was the Pac-10 growing up for me too, but it has been the they added Utah and Colorado, who have been there for for. A, Good chunk, good couple I, years now at I, least. I have a hard time calling Colorado the Pacific. Yeah, well, just don't don't even get me started on that. That there's a reason why Louisiana Tech was playing in the whack at one point. So <laughs> that's just uh, that's neither here nor there. College conference realignment. I we could do a whole episode and a half on on that and how messed up it is and how they really don't care about the kids. It's all about the money. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, nothing like making. <laughs> As somebody who went to a Mac school, so the Mid-American Conference, when you got your football team playing on a Tuesday night, eight hours away, you think they're going to their 8 a.m. class on Wednesday morning? You think they're making that class? I never heard of a Tuesday football That's game. That's because the Mac is going on ESPN on Tuesdays and Wednesdays uh, and to make to make some extra coin. Anyways, I'm very sidetracked on that, but... I guess while we were talking about the Warriors, they pick up their fourth title in the last eight years. They've made six NBA Finals in the last eight years. Uh, obviously, a loss to the Cavs and then a loss to the Raptors uh, when the team just kind of fell apart due to injuries. But wrote a column that came out in this past Saturday's Nevada Appeal um, that you can find on Steph Curry. And Jeff, I don't know if this is going too far because basketball right now is in a really good place. I think there's a ton of talent in the NBA, like especially young guns, um, you got, you know, guys that are 23, 24 that could very well be the quote unquote next Steph Curry. However, are we sure he's not the best point guard we're going to see in our lifetimes? Cause I think it's entirely possible that there is not another better point guard that I will see in my lifetime. This is really interesting for me because I obviously read your article and when I was a little younger than you was when Michael Jordan was, the thing and every opportunity I could get to watch him play on TV, I you know, I can't say that it made me a basketball fan because I I played basketball when I was little and I've always been a fan. But he captivated the world, and we're seeing something similar but different mm-hmm. now. And I, I am dumbfounded by some of the you know you obviously follow the Warriors and that kind of thing on social media and you. You get to see these highlights. It's like you, you're kidding me. Yeah, that that stuff is going on. Yeah, and he just pulls. It doesn't matter where he just pulls up and <laughs> takes a shot. You're like, get out of here, and it goes. It's what makes sports so great. It's that moment, that moment where you go, you you feel yourself breathing because you're like, there's no way, and 
and you start thinking there's no way, and then it, your thought process just entirely switches. It goes, that's going in. And the problem is when he gets, if he ever goes cold, it's like, well, of course he's going to make it. And then when he misses, you're like, whoa, 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 wait, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. And then he gets right back on it. But what a performance. Yeah. What a performance this, he, for these finals. 34, seven and seven in the game six coming off of uh, game four, game five, where he had 43 uh, picks up, obviously the uh, NBA finals MVP, which some nutcases say that he needed that to submit his legacy, which is nonsense. Uh, the man's already done plenty, and he's doing it at 34, too. Who's who's to say they can't win a couple more in the next couple of years? The West is a little interesting right now. The Suns are going to have to figure out what to do contract-wise. I know the Warriors have a couple of pieces they gotta they got to figure out, but, I mean... The Nuggets have have Jokic, but they're still looking for uh, looking for some health elsewhere. The Jazz are about to blow it up, uh, in my opinion. Uh, you know, the Lakers are not good. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm sure I'm missing a couple teams there, but really, the the it's it's truly remarkable seeing that. And I I really tried hard to not compare Steph to Magic because I do think they're one and two. But obviously, Magic's last year was 1994 95, so I was two. Um, and he obviously had missed the previous few years with HIV. And so I wasn't born when he was really tearing it up. Um, so I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I've watched enough YouTube highlights to compare. It was to a very con- different game. Careers. Very but, different game. But those two, I mean, Steph is, those two take a big old gap and then you can put whoever you want in tier two. John Stockton, Allen Iverson, Chris Paul, whatever. But yeah. there is there is a significant gap between where Steph Curry has put himself and the point guards of the past and the future, because you can say what you want about John Morant. You can say what you want about LaMelo ball. You can say what you want about these young guys who are really, really good and really, really exciting. However, you got to do that for another 12 years to even be close to in the conversation with what Steph Curry is doing. And you probably got to win a title or two, which is uh, not an easy thing to do. Oh, that's getting more. It seems like it's getting more and more difficult. I enjoy Steve Kerr being the coach of Steph Curry. I I remember the games that Steve Kerr came in and nailed shots that were money. And now, I mean, Steph Curry's scoring half the points for his team, or a third of the points in most games now because they're scoring well over 100. But <laughs> I, it's just it's fantastic to see, and I hope people are paying attention. And, and you know, just, just go watch the highlights, if, if nothing else. I mean, there's nothing like seeing the game live and and witnessing it but now we have so many replays of everything so yeah two more quick points on uh, on the warriors here before before i move on a i'm sure you've seen the quote but i i love this quote of steve kerr after they win after he hits the shot to win them the nba finals with the bulls and he's on the microphone at the parade and he goes we're in that timeout <laughs> And Michael, he said, this is Steve Kerr. I'm quoting Steve Kerr here. And he goes, well, I guess paraphrasing. And he, he goes, you know, Mike looks at me and he goes, I'm not really that comfortable in these situations. Maybe we should give the ball to Steve. <laughs> he, he, he was money. He was money. He was, I mean, it was the strangest thing. Watch, sitting watching the game. And I have to, the one game that I really got pissed off was when they did the whole OJ in the white Bronco thing. I'm like, you're interrupting the game with the Bulls. Turn this off. I don't care about this guy in Southern California. <laughs> but he was, I mean, you're sitting there watching the game going, put put Steve Curry and give him the ball. Let him shoot it. Let him shoot the three. And it was, it was, it became a thing. So now I, to witness 
these things, you know, I, I, we were talking about Barry Bonds hitting the ball in the water. I was at the World Series game, and he hit the ball in the water. It happened right in front of me. It literally, I was on the first base side in the upper deck, and I got to see it come off the bat and go in the water. Yeah, forget your Mount Rushmore debates. I don't want to hear them about oh. your your top four where you got to draw this hard line in the sand that so-and-so is not good enough. That's just talk. And I think everybody just, wants to make him the best, you know, the best basketball player. Uh, He's the best shooter that we've oh, ever seen. Oh, that is un, undoubtedly yeah. true. I think that's been true for a few years. However, now you've got to – now is where you start having the conversations about where he stacks up, which honestly are nauseating, but it is still – I just wanted to highlight the fact that we are witnessing something that very well we could not see again. Well, unquestionably, in my opinion, at that position, there's no and, – and Magic, but you're talking about Magic. I did get to see him play because I'm almost twice your age, but – it was a different game, and and they played very different than the Warriors play. So it it's it's uh, you know the three point shot. Yeah, it's it was a thing then, basketball, but it 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 wasn't the the big deal that it is now. And you know he hit a couple of three point shots. You change, you pace, you put yourself out so far, the other team can't catch up. Yeah, it's all, I mean, it's all statistical analysis. You want your easiest high percentage looks, which is either a layup for your easiest shot at two points, or you want a three because it's worth an extra point. And that goes a long way if you and can you start have knocking Curry that just knocks him down all game. <laughs> it shoots 48% from half court during a <laughs> during a game. I, I, I will say along with the, the Steph Curry legacy, uh, you know, obviously a lot of other quality pieces along the way. You can't forget about, you know, Kevin Durant showing up for a couple of years, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala, not so much this year, but in years past. I remember going to Warriors games as a kid. We were going to watch the other team. They I, were so bad in the I early 2000s. I bought tickets in college to go see Michael Jordan play in Oakland. We went and saw the 76ers. I went specifically to watch Allen Iverson. Yep. But, yeah, that, that whole franchise has really flipped on its head and – I still don't know how I love the move to San Francisco versus leaving Oakland, but I, you know, big money is big money. And what do I small timer over here have to say about it? Uh, but you know, it's just, it's, it's remarkable and we can move on to, to another subject here. But, um, I, I truly hope that everybody's kind of taken a second to, to realize just how special he, he is, no matter how you feel about him. Uh, cause some people call him the humble superstar. I don't think he's that humble. But hey, you know, he still seemed like a pretty good guy overall. I mean, hum I mean, on the court, it doesn't seem very humble. But you know, when you're that good, it's I, I, I can't say I blame him. <laughs> at, at what point does it become humble? And I mean, it, it's not even a confidence thing. The guy just flat out shoots. Oh the ball. yeah, absolutely, it's amazing, absolutely. Uh, moving on to the. I guess I don't really know if we should move on to the Reno Rodeo because neither of us have ever been. I've never been. I am hoping to make it out there. I think it's all this week. Yeah. And uh, I'm normally gearing up for the All-Star Tournament, the Little League Tournament. Right, right. And the thought of going to the Rodeo is I, I don't have the bandwidth. So I've never been. I know it. I, mean, I think I it's been sold out for a while. I well, think I'm going to have to go and just like deal. hang out in a tent. <laughs> but. Well. You might get a press pass. <laughs> yeah, that's that might be a little late for that, but uh, it seems like a good time. I guess I can't really say too much more about that. We have to bring somebody on here at some point to to give us a Reno Rodeo breakdown. Um, 
moving on, kind of finishing up, wrapping up here. I think we spent long enough on the Warriors that we can can finish up here. I uh, took a little road trip out to Modesto to uh, watch some baseball and t- drove Highway 88 for the first time. Oh, my, Jeff. Oh, my. If, if you think it's nice now and it, it's beautiful, but go in the fall. Okay. It's stunning. When the when the aspen trees are turning, there are so many aspen trees up there, especially when you get up above Hope Valley, headed to to Red Lake in that area. Yeah, there's they there's cars that are lining the road with people getting their cameras out and going into the woods and yeah. taking pictures. It's it's beautiful. Yeah, thankfully there wasn't anybody at the pullout, so I stopped and yeah. I I think the best picture I got was of Red Lake. Uh, Casper Lake is the one you drive right past correct you kind of come up by that dam silver or is that silver lake uh, i knew casper and silver were the other two i passed but it's been so long since i've been up there it's i guess not necessarily it's not a bad it's not a good thing that it's been so long because i that's why i go and i go to monterey and uh haven't been in a while obviously but yeah the the lakes up there are it's just there's a lot of things uh, don't expect to have any cell phone service. No, no, uh, none. <laughs> I actually hit some snow on the on the way out there. Around nine thousand feet, it started snowing, and yep. I uh, yep. guess I can't say I'm too surprised. But yeah, welcome to the high mountains. And I saw there from looking at the maps. There's a lot of desolation wilderness out there. That is, yep. you don't want to be messing around. Well, out, if out if there. you're a if you're a biology person too you get up high enough that you start to see where the tree line ends Mm -hmm. and just rock and it's it's that's all nerdy geeky stuff but it's all out there yeah i need to post some of those photos to my my twitter account because they're stunning uh that photo i got of red lake i think like you mentioned that kind of seems the most picturesque one of of the bunch not that the other two aren't gorgeous but uh just the the angles i guess and the, the height you have looking down on it at least from the pullout i was at Pretty hard to beat. Uh, I sat there for a good twenty minutes, just kind of. There's took a it good in. hike up there too, right by where it sounds like you turned out um, in the in the fall. Okay. The uh, wildflowers, and it's just massive fields of wildflowers, and just really, really beautiful. And of course, the air is generally clear up there. It looks like we've got a little haze from the sun fire yeah. this morning, <laughs> and I'm already dreading that. But yeah. uh, up at that altitude kind of blow straight through and beautiful beautiful territory yeah first time i've made my trick down that road certainly won't be the last though i'm definitely planning on getting back over there at some point um, maybe not necessarily driving to modesto but <laughs> at yeah. least uh at least going to uh check out some of those views there what but, did you do in modesto uh my cousin was the starting pitcher for it was drafted last year as the starting pitcher for the uh, modesto nuts the low a team of uh, seattle mariners so uh, cool. I was trying not to not to hype up my own family here too much, but it was really cool to see him. Uh, he's a North Carolina guy. He went to Wake Forest, so uh, it's a little bit of a change of pace for him out in the uh, out in the <laughs> Modesto doesn't qualify as Bay Area, still does it? Like, <laughs> I say no. Central Valley, Central Valley, yeah, um, definitely a change of pace. But you know, it's minor league baseball. You kind of just take what you get, and um, at least they have housing paid for by the organization, which is not was not a guarantee until a couple years ago so yeah that's a big deal um but good to see him always good to see family they and, play is it still a pacific league yeah yeah it's all the or the california league california. they're all they're all california teams in there um they played inland empire i don't even know what the that quote-unquote team name was but it was the padres affiliate there at low a um 
<laughs> just some big dudes out there. They had a, a guy hitting in center field who was like 6'8", 250, and Oof. could move. And, uh, yeah, so uh, interesting ballpark. Uh, not very pitcher-friendly. Uh, 312 to left field. I believe Carson High is bigger than yeah, that to left field. And uh, two home runs just kind of slapped out over the wall right around the foul pole there, which – from over here in the play-by-play guy, it sounds like it's the only park where those would have been home runs. So, wow! Welcome to baseball. Sometimes you got to deal with those dimensions. It bends in too at that left field corner. It's just, I don't know. <laughs> I got questions about John Thurman Field. I don't think John Thurman designed it, but I got I got some questions there. Anyways, uh, anything else you want to get to here before we uh, uh, wrap I, it up? I mentioned earlier the baseball tournaments coming up. Um, the Little League baseball tournament starts on Wednesday uh, with the the 10, 11, and 12-year-olds, and then the juniors, which are the 13, 14-year-olds, they start on here in town on Friday. They did something different this year with the tournament, which kind of messed me up a little bit with the vacation scheduling. <laughs> um, the They're splitting. So there's 12 leagues in northern Nevada in District 1, and they're splitting at 6 and there's a preliminary tournament that starts here uh, Wednesday and goes through, let's see, Sunday. Um, so here we're going to have South Tahoe, North Tahoe, Carson Valley, Carson City, Reno Continental, which is, um, for those of you that don't know the baseball areas, it's just kind of uh, right around uh, Neo Road in Reno, that the western side of Reno there. And then Washoe. And then the other teams, uh, let's see, Centennial, Sparks National, Truckee, Reno American, Valley Providence, and Reno National will all play at Reno American, which is up right under, sorry, right above McQueen. Okay. So they're splitting at six and six, uh, hopefully with a little less travel for some of them. I see that North Tahoe still got still have to come to Carson. <laughs> that's, a, that's a haul. But, um, and then... So the the top four teams from – actually, I think it's the top four teams total in the tournament go to for the championship series, which starts in Washoe on the 5th. So a little bit different this year, spreading out the the workload. Uh, Carson City has hosted it. Um, 2009 was the first time that they hosted the whole tur- – or the 10-year-old tournament, and they have hosted since. So that's been a long run of volunteers in Carson City spending their entire June, July. Um, it was one of the first things I heard about when I took the job out here back in 2019. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's it's been a big deal here in town for a long time. So I'm pretty sure that our teams will go on to the championship round. Uh, the top eight is pretty generous, I think. Uh, you could have made that championship tournament a little bit quicker. Uh, the juniors, however, um, their tournament's quick. It's single elimination. Okay. Um, the other tournament, uh, the preliminary is pool play, so everybody plays each night, basically, or each day. And then, uh, but the juniors, uh, and they run into Reno American, uh, which is. Uh, you tell me there's Reno teams good at baseball. I think that Reno American team has won. Juniors the last three years, if okay. I'm not mistaken. In in uh, so they're they're a good team. That team did well in the, you know, you got to look at the twelve year old teams from last year and see where they ended. But um, Carson's going to have their work cut out for them in the juniors, and that tournament's Friday through Sunday. So uh, it just 
you lose your out. So it's it's going to be a quick one. Yeah, it's always tricky with baseball, especially a sport that can be as nuanced and as random as baseball as one bad hop and that could be it. So obviously that's little league, that's high school, that's college, that's pros. You're seeing it at with the college world series going on right now. Just get some funky hops, get a little nervous at the wrong time. And voila, you got a brand new ball game. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, that's going to do it for episode 31. Thanks again to today's main sponsor in double J auto. Once again, you can find them online at www.doublejautonv. For my producer, Jeff Mulvihill, I'm your host, Carter Ackle. If you've got any suggestions for us here or anything you want to hear us talk about uh, over the summer, feel free to hit my email. Uh, that is C-E-C-K-L at NevadaAppeal.com or sports at NevadaAppeal.com. I will see them either way. Anyways, thanks for listening, and we will catch you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs>